0: i uh-huh. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Dime Dropper 24 minute recap number 85, the final recap of our first ever regular season, calling it 2020, 2020, 2021. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper podcast, Apple podcast, follow us on Spotify. And of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So, two LA games today. I have to say, I did not see the entire Laker game, you know, Mother's Day. So, I could only watch the fourth quarter, or like, I think actually the last eight minutes. But I'll give more perspective on the whole season because this is going to be my last recap of the regular season as I am going out of town. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I know I won't be able to give you guys the last couple of games fighting for spots, but we're going to come hard during the playoffs. And I'll be talking about every single game, and I'll be live damn near every single night because there are not many more things I love than playoff basketball. But let's get into the games today first. Clippers and the Knicks, those 1230 games that happen to be so tough for the Clippers to play for whatever reason. But no excuses. I mean, shit, not my problem. What do we have a 12-30 game in the playoffs? I mean, I recall a 12-30 game, game four against the Oklahoma City Thunder that I attended seven years ago, that we came back from a 24-point deficit on a 12-30 game. So, no excuses. But again, that's weird, coming out sluggish back then. But anyway, today we played the Knicks, and you know what the Knicks are going to give. Tough defense. They're going to try to slow the game down and get physical, as physical as you can get. And we came out pretty well in the beginning. I remember we were up 8 nothing. It looked like it was going to be a decent showing. Like we, we handled the Knicks last time at the Garden, but they've only played better basketball since then. And I thought that Kawhi and Reggie Jackson really kind of carried the offense in the first quarter, getting us going. Uh, PG was pretty quiet and not hitting in the beginning, and, and Senior, he was really cold in the beginning. But the Knicks hung in there. You know, R.J. Barrett, uh, Reggie Bullock, a former Clipper, and, you know, he's. we probably should have, again, Glenn Rivers being a complete bot, should have probably given him some more run back in the day because he's a decent pro. You know, he can really shoot the shit out of the ball, and he competes. I mean, I don't know if that was a thing before this season. Knicks fans, you let me know in the comments. But Reggie Bullock was competing on the defensive end, so tell me if that's a Tibbs thing or a Reggie thing. But... You could just tell how in sync the Knicks are on defense as opposed to us, who we've had, you know, so many lineup changes. And Ty Lue was never a defensive specialist. He's gotten our offense good. But today, honestly, we didn't do that badly defensively. We kept Julius Randle in check for the majority of the game. But, you know, led by three after one, 29-26. I thought the second unit on the Clippers did a really good job in the beginning of that second quarter. Boogie, Rondo, and Nick. And again Bev I thought looked a little more like himself today. The stats don't look very good. I saw people on Twitter not not fucking with the way he was playing, but honestly I don't think he was horrendous. I just think that he's looking a little better. I think he's looking a little better. He was able to hit a three tonight. I remember it was a it was a big shot in the game. I don't remember exactly when it was, but his stats 1 of 4 from the field and 1 of 3 from three and he was the only bench player that was in the minus. But, I don't know, I test for me, I didn't think it was that bad from him. I, he's not someone to blame. He only played 16 minutes. Boogie, Rondo, and Batum, though, in that second quarter, along with Paul George, who started to get going, were very good. And Rondo, man, he he really just, he takes the team to a different notch sometimes when he's in the game. Actually, oftentimes when he's in the game. And we went up by, like, nine points. But, again, the Knicks stay in it. And you know why? We could not stop D. Rose, man. Derek Rose. (laughs) You've got to feel happy for the guy. I mean, he was unstoppable in pick and roll. He was hitting floaters, which he's always had. Hitting some even contested. But the ones that were surprising me were pulling up, hitting contested 18-footers. Like, just... That's the last couple years adding it to his arsenal. Not saying that he couldn't do that in Chicago, but just not as frequently. You know... Not not the way he was doing it today, with like as close to contested. People would give him a little more space. He'd come off screens. A little different. It was explosion going to the rim. But I thought that some of the shots he was hitting and the threes, you know, he wasn't that great of a three-point shooter in Chicago. But he was hitting some tough ones, man, today. And then he was just making plays going downhill. So and the funny other the other funny thing was got guys like OB Toppin and And Frank Nilekina came in and hit a three when I didn't expect it. Just just big shots by the Knicks. But Derrick Rose, we could not stop the guy. I mean, straight up, we could not stop the guy. Through the first half, he was outplaying everybody. And honestly, I'd say he was the best player in the game. I'd say the player of the game, D. Rose. But, yeah, going down. By the way, Kawhi started to really, him and senior in the second quarter, just poor, just really poor. Like, Rondo and Boogie come out and you know we just don't play nearly as well also I don't understand I think Ty Lue needs to take some accountability tonight uh, Boogie Cousins only got 16 minutes and we were he was very good plus 11 with him on the court and he was do- really dominating on the inside against certain guys making some really nice moves and he gives us that interior presence when we don't hit from the outside, and that's a big problem with the Clippers, is when we play teams that like to get more physical, and like to pack uh, pack the paint a bit, when our shots on the outside aren't hitting, we are one of those teams that doesn't know when to quit. And Kawhi, here's the thing, we give the ball to Kawhi and Paul George, and you're gonna get in one-on-one situations. That's the thing. I feel like everyone thinks that Rondo's gonna be the end-all, be-all, and save everything in the half-court. But, like, okay... Rondo and Kawhi high screen and screen and roll or high pick and pop or whatever and they switch. Okay, they switch. Like, Kawhi gets double teamed. Now what happens? He kicks it out. Like, he he and and, and the other alternative is Kawhi turning around and, hit and shooting when double teamed, right? Like Kobe style. Problem is, bro doesn't hit like that. Like I I'm, I don't have any confidence in him, guys. I don't. And Clipper fans are going to think, oh, are you kidding? Like, he had one bad game in Game 7. Like, sh- shut the fuck up. Like, he-, he fucked up in the biggest game. Like, t- t- miss me with that bullshit. If he-, if he does it, I'll, you know, again, I'll it. If we get out of the second round, I'll apologize to the whole team. But, you know, you can give me those cherry-picked clutch moments he's had, like against Atlanta this year, like against Dallas in Game s- 6. Um, who else has he had some good shots against this season? He's messed up more often than not. Late game, close games against good opposition. Let's not kid ourselves. I honestly would have, I, sc- I swear to God, I, I'm actually being dead ass serious with you. I don't have more confidence that Paul George w- is going to play well. But honestly, at the end of the game, I would on- sometimes I would rather have Paul George with the ball than Kawhi the way it looks sometimes. I swear. He doesn't give me any confidence. Honestly, I just want the ball in Rondo's hands, period. Because he makes the best decisions. And honestly, he will give Kawhi and Paul George the best looks. He still will. I just don't think he's going to be the end-all, be-all. Like, Kawhi and Paul are going to be put in one-on-one situations, isolation situations, at the end of the game. This is what the best players do. Are they not scorers? Like, that's not their main job? Because they're not giving us everything on defense. Like, how much did Derrick Rose get guarded by Kawhi and Paul tonight? A lot of Reggie Jackson guarding him, Pat Bev guarding him and get cooked on a screen, not enough length. You know, that's on tie to maybe make some adjustments. But again, where's the, you know... I'm taking responsibility as the star. Where is that? I need more. We need more of that. I understand it's the regular season. I'm just so tired of it. I'm so happy this is my last recap because I don't have to say, okay, let's wait uh, for the playoffs. It's it's ridiculous because I'm, it's just, I want to see what this team is about. No more, okay, no overreacting because let's see what they're about. Because Kawhi right now coming off that last injury, he doesn't look fully 100%. That's another thing. I can't be too harsh on Kawhi because he's coming off that... Whatever it is, he doesn't look good right now. Honestly, as, as crazy as this sounds, this man Anthony Davis looks better than him right now. Paul George looks fine to me. He just wasn't having a great game. He was playing against a tough defense. And the shots on the outside just weren't falling. And you got to give a lot of credit to the Knicks. You know, third quarter, we only scored 20 points. That's about the Knicks defense. So in sync. They know where each other are at. They know their coverages. Tom Thibodeau, Coach of the Year. No question for me. All these Suns fans are going, Monty, bruh, we watched Monty turn your team around last season. You got Chris Paul and a healthy DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, great 3 and D guys. You know, you've had your in and out at the power forward position. I understand. But what team hasn't had? You think every team has been perfect with their starting fives this season? If anything, the Suns have been way luckier than other teams with health. And Devin Booker and Chris Paul have been top-notch in terms of staying on the court this season. And I think that Monty has done a great job. But we saw the change that Monty made last season. Tom Thibodeau has taken over this season, and the expectations for the Knicks were far lower than 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 the Suns. I, I'll take my L with the Knicks. I thought they were going to be the worst team in, in the Eastern Conference. I really did think they were going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So, credit to Tom Thibodeau and the squad. I thought, And they went up by like 10 points. Like Reggie Bullock, he was hitting everything. And I'm not even surprised because he's a great shooter. 8 for 17 from the field, 5 of 12 from 3. But it felt like he was hitting he had the highest plus-minus of anybody in the game, plus 15. Yeah, he was competing on the defensive end. Even on Kawhi Leonard, like R.J. Barrett and and Reggie Bullock clamped up Kawhi and Paul George. They obviously have help coming, but as the primary defender, they locked up. And that's the thing, that most of these players, they... Uh like let's be real like most of these players in today's NBA as great of scoring they are when they get like a decent guy that can move laterally hand checking them they like f- crumble it's actually hilarious they're forced into such tough shots which is hilarious because if we just made brought it back like I guarantee the scores would change it would be hilarious just to expose it but um it's funny because Kawhi and Paul George like they struggle with it like big Kawhi needs to Kawhi needs to really perform this playoffs like and I'm talking like like better like he needs to show like, he needs to be able to play w- with the best in the league. Like, Toronto. I don't want to say that he declined. You feel me? Like, give us your best. Because in the regular season, the stats say he's been better with the Clippers. But he looks a little he looked a little lighter and quicker and swifter with Toronto. We'll see. I'm really just... At the end of the day, everyone's talking about, oh, what's going to happen if... Uh, and Kawhi, I think, is the biggest one that f- lost this game. Just because he kept shooting in that third quarter... When he was missing, and just I feel you, I feel him. Like he's trying to get back in rhythm, but like it was stagnant trying to get him back in the game. And then Paul George went cold. Like there was a large stretch where PG didn't get a shot for a bit, and he went eight for twenty in the game, two of nine from three. Kawhi nine of twenty six, four of nine from three. And I thought Rondo was trying to like, and Batum were like trying to keep us back in the game. You know, Nick Batum thirteen points, five of eight, three of six from three. Rondo, four points, eight rebounds, eight assists. There was even one play in the fourth quarter where like, the ball was like on the floor and Rondo got a scramble and gave it to, I think it was Senior that hit the three. It may have been Nick. Uh, it may have been Paul. It was one of them, I believe. Honestly, it could have been Reggie. Like, who, who remembers? Whatever. But Reggie, he actually played okay. But on defense, he doesn't give me enough. And he just, sometimes he just, I don't like his shot selection. I don't trust him. But my concern is that and it's okay. We lost one game. Like, it's cool. The Knicks, you got to give them credit, though. Julius Randle did close out the game. And R.J. Barrett kept hitting threes. R.J. Barrett, 4 of 7 from 3. 7 of 18 from the field. But to be honest, I barely noticed those misses because he was so good on defense. 18.7 boards, 4 assists. So for that, L- Lucas was right in that New York State of Mind episode. That R.J. Barrett bus talk was, like, red- bullshit. Like, that fool is nice. He's a player because he plays on both ends of the floor. You know, I don't know. If, again, I don't know if that was a Tibbs thing or he was like that at Duke. You guys can give me more, uh, more in, uh, more intel on that stuff. But that dude's a player. Uh, I like dude. That last year's draft class was really not that bad, honestly. In the end, Zion is gonna be a superstar. John Morant is gonna be a superstar, and RJ's gonna be good. He's gonna be very good. Um, they're decent players. You know, getting the right coaches, is, it matters. I think that Stan, I don't think he's great for the Pelicans, but that's another discussion. Anyway, full credit to the Knicks for the getting the win today. Derrick Rose, though, was just unbelievable. Uh, he was starting to get even, we were throwing two at him on pick and rolls, which we had to. We were literally forced to trap him, and he was making the right reads, and they did the rest. Kawhi, 9 of 26, is not going to cut it at all. 4 of 9 from 3. The problem is the Clippers, whenever we're not hitting from the outside, what do we do? Because Kawhi and Paul George aren't hitting the tough shots with physical defense when it matters. I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm saying they haven't shown it because they didn't do it last year in three second halves in a row. So all that stuff about the Glenn Rivers excuses, like let's stop. Clipper fans got to chill with that. Why are you... Don't be afraid to get on these fools because we are the fans that are going to be here regardless whether they win or lose. So if you're going to blame, why do we hold so much more... Like we want to blame the role players that are making like eight million dollars a year and are not the ones that are going to get the credit when we win, and we're afraid to criticize. Why? Because you're a fanboy of the best players. Like I feel you. That's cool. Like <laughs> these players are going to come and go, man. Like I feel the sentiment. I I that's how I am with my generation. I feel it. These guys are not like that for me. But it's like you need to. I mean, I feel them. I I get it. Clippers standards are different. You know, we we just want to make the playoffs. Like. But it's hard because, you know, we want to be considered a, a different sort of uh, franchise now. We should have a different mentality towards our team, you know. And I know I say that still being that guy that would, like, probably shed tears if we even made it out of the second round. But, you know, I'm just saying, if I was, like, here's the thing. My mentality as a fan is is, is influenced by what I see. And what I've seen is a bunch of bad luck and misery for 16 years. And I know that's has been even worse before me. But a different kind of bad. But again, it's bad nonetheless. Um, so my, I have no optimism for things that I can't control. If I was in my control, I'm just saying if I was a player on the Clippers, it's like, come on, like we need to think bigger than this. We need to think bigger than this. But anyway, it's okay. We didn't win, but now we got to finish the job, win these last couple of games, and clinch that three seed. Uh, if, even if it means playing the Lakers in the first round, so be it. Let's just do it. Um, but I'm not confident at all. I'm not confident at all because I don't trust Kawhi and Paul. I don't. Uh, and Sumi, you know? What have they shown to get trusted with physical defense and better defenses? You think we're going to play defensive slouches in the playoffs where everything's going to be falling from three? And this, just shots didn't fall. Stop ever reacting. Bullshit is is garbage because, you know, uh, what's the old saying? Uh, Dime dropper fam, drop it in the comments. You know what I'm about to say? Win by the jumper, die by the jumper. Or live by the jumper, die by the jumper. And you know we're not we're not the Warriors. Uh, a balance is necessary. And Kawhi on Toronto, he looked a little quicker, a little bit. But at the same time, it's just about Siakam was also good at generating looks down the stretch. But on, honestly, it's still too it's still too too close to judge. But congratulations to the Knicks for a big win. I also want to end it with this. Some of the scenes I was seeing at the Staples Center today. Absolutely unacceptable. Clipper fans that go into the games, y'all better make more noise than... I mean, that's actually... I shouldn't even say anything because that was the last regular season game. But I've never seen... Even at a Laker game, I've been to a lot of Clipper games. I've been to a Clippers-Knicks game. I've been to a Clippers-Warriors game. uh, Clippers-Lakers a bunch of times. I've never seen the scenes. I don't know if that's just Knicks fans being lit because Knicks fans are everywhere. But Clipper fans, man. The automated crowd noise is screwing us. But you gotta make... If you're going to a game, bruh... Like, make some fucking noise for your team. Like, if you wanted to watch the game, sit at home. Like, I know I can't control people that go to the games, but, like, we haven't been, like, the fans haven't been able to make noise and make any difference in the game for a year. You're going to a game and, like, are you there to support the team or are you there to watch the team? I'm there to support the team. And just being there isn't support, in my opinion. Make some fucking noise. Don't let a fucking stadium even sound like, come on, bro. I'm always the loudest one. That's why we, to tell you the truth, more than regular season not being worth it, that's the reason I don't be going to regular season games in L.A. because the fans are lax. Laker fans, the thing about Laker fans is this: in the regular season, I think they're way, they're, they're it's better atmosphere because they're more into it. Like they're more into the, the there's more diehard Lakers, like the Lakers. You feel me? Like they all know the team so well. Whereas Clipper games in the regular season, a lot of it's two things. One, people just that want to go see a basketball game and it's the cheaper alternative. And two, fans of other teams that they don't want to afford Lakers, they can't afford Lakers versus their team, so they would rather go to the Clippers versus their team. So that hurts the regular season experience for the Clippers in the regular season, despite the fact that the fan base has grown. Because I know we talked with Cousins Showtime. Remember, if you haven't watched my episode about Clipper and Laker, like history with the fans and ticket sales and popularity and their relationship with the Lakers, go check out my video with Mike. My family member, Cousin Showtime. Um, It's called Clipper and Laker Fan Talk LA Basketball. It's on the channel. So go check that episode out. But, yeah, I see a comment. um, It's going to help when we have our own arena. I definitely think so, too. I don't know how many more Laker fans will want to go to the Clipper arena just for it to be labeled that. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Anyways, the playoffs are coming up, and that's when the real Clipper fans show out because fool's not going to pay... You know, eighty to hundred plus dollars to go see a, a sport they don't care that much about, or like Laker game, like Laker fans. <laughs> I've never met a Laker fan that will spend a hundred plus to go to a Clipper uh, playoff game if they weren't rooting for the Clippers. You feel me? I mean, not, it would be the Laker, the Clippers sympathizer, Laker fans. You know. Um. Anyway, that's it for that game. Let's move on to the Lakers and the Suns. I can't do, talk too much about it because I didn't actually watch much of the game because of Mother's Day. But um, uh, Anthony Davis is starting to look more like himself every single game. In these last couple of games, he's really started to look more like himself. And tonight, I'm just looking at the stats here, 42 points, 12 rebounds, three of those being offensive rebounds, five assists, three steals, Three blocks, a plus 26 that was the highest in the game, and 15 of 17 from the foul line, which means that he was around the basket, which is exactly what I say he doesn't do enough that prevents him from being, the, that is preventing him from taking the next step into the conversation of the greatest power forwards to ever play. If he does that all the time, there's no doubt in my mind that the Lakers are going back-to-back, like I said. None. None. Because, here's the thing. I think, look, you looking at the minutes tonight, Gasol played 18, Montrader 15, Drummond 20. I still disagree with that. I still think that Gasol needs to just start when Braun comes back, quite frankly. So I think that the keys fall into Vogel's hands uh, in many ways with this team. Because unless LeBron's not 100%, which we'll be able to tell when he plays, I think he's going to be fine. Because when has LeBron not been fine in the playoffs? Like, like, obviously he's had he has injuries, you know, that he's dealing with in the playoffs, but none that are noticeably so bad that you're like, man, LeBron doesn't look that good for the whole series. Now, there's those one games, but that's, that's called fatigue. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and superstars have played through injuries in the past. This ain't nothing new. We can go out through history. I think he's going to be fine, personally. I don't know. I think. That's just my opinion. That's just my prediction. But the Lakers, AD, played great tonight. And the fourth quarter, I saw that the Lakers were close to, you know, blowing it for a sec. But the defense of the Lakers is good, very good. And I think they made the necessary plays in order to get over the finish line. Ben McLemore, 12 points. You know, he's a gunner. You know, he's going to shoot the ball the second he touches it. And that sometimes can be annoying. We'll see. But he hits. 4 of 8 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. Montrader, looking at the stats, Offensively, You guys can tell me about this defense, but 12 points on 4 of 6. And then Caruso starting and giving 17 points. That's got to be one of his highest scoring games of his career. 17 points, 6 of 11, and you, you know what he does on the defensive end. And I saw him making some big plays. 8 assists as well for Caruso. I wonder if that's a career high. And then KCP scoring 17 points. And I always say that KCP is one of the X factors for the Lakers. When he plays well, they tend to win. Just like we saw last year in the finals. The thing about it is, with the Lakers, I still think again. Like, let's be realistic, guys. There is always that the Lakers could be in trouble in the first round, type of type of type of beat. But let's be realistic. After seeing Anthony Davis play like that, he's fine. Okay, the doctors, the Laker doctors on Twitter have even said he's fine. So let's throw those excuses out the window. Unless he re-injures himself, he looks straight to me. LeBron, we'll see. But I as so going off my prediction that LeBron's gonna be fine, we're going over by the way, we're going to overtime here with the podcast version of this. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, for the last recap, come on, it's only right. But with Braun and A D, it's yeah, it just matters about Braun. If Braun is fine and AD's looking like this, that doesn't mean he's gonna play like this every time. That's on him. But I'm just saying that the fact that you can you see him doing reverse lobs after playing thirty-five plus minutes. That shows, you know, how he's looking. And uh, he looks straight to me. My thing is this. Vogel, I think, will smarten up in the playoffs and take Drummond out in favor of Gasol because I don't think that he's dumb. If he leaves Drummond in with Braun, that's only going to further keep AD away from the basket. That's going to keep Braun's driving lanes more clogged, which he hates. And that's going to make AD even that much more hesitant because he's not gonna to want to get in the way of Braun as well, and Drummond away from eight feet is ineffective and a net negative and a liability. So that's it for me for the. So I guess guys, if you want me to give me give you some predictions going into the end of this shit, I'll say this. And by the way, I hope I can get this off in time. A thread about why this season was absolute trash as an NBA fan, just trash, and why the product is terrible right now. Just to finish it off. And then we'll be all positive having fun during the playoffs. Anyway. Um, Boston losing to Miami. So let's look at the standings one last time. The Philadelphia 76ers are currently sitting in the one spot with a, about a three-game a three advantage over the Nets and around that many games left in the season. I would make the prediction now that they're going to be the number one seed. What I have to say about that is this. Congratulations to Glenn Rivers for helping turn this team around. As much as that hurts my soul to say. Congratulations to my boy Tobias Harris, though, for one of his best seasons of his career. Probably the best. I mean, the number one seed. i got to give him their props for it, too. And congrats to Ben Simmons for, you know, I people are going to hate on the fact that he didn't get a jumper, but his defense he has redefined himself a little bit as a basketball player and his defense in my opinion defensive player of the year for me when when i've watched him i test best defender this season he's the number 1 seed i know there's always going to be the argument i like interior defense better than perimeter to me give me a guy that can guard everybody and in this nba ben simmons for the most part can he gets into you he gets physical he slides his feet he has great instincts he moves he has great hands Rudy go, Rudy go, bitch, bro. I'd love to see him play against, I would love to see, I don't want to see it, but I'm just saying this. If I'm looking at it from a fuck the jazz perspective, I would love to see Lakers play the jazz in the playoffs and watch AD make him look like barbecue escargot in the playoffs with his bitch ass. Because he makes him look silly. And Rudy Gobert on the perimeter, he's getting mixed, fool. Steph Curry made him play Twister out there. Bro, He that, that fool is not like that. He's great around the rim, Stifle tower. I'll give you that. Ben Simmons, though, he's out there sitting on guys. That's defensive player of the year for me. And JoJo has been spectacular this season, being a real big man. This is great for the center position. All bias aside, Philly's been awesome this season. And I really would like their team if I didn't... Fucking hate Glenn Rivers so much. So I could never root for you right now. So fuck the Sixers. I hope you lose in the first round. But what a great season for them. Anyway, the Brooklyn Nets, that's going to be a wild card. Like, it just the how they're going to play and what level they're going to be able to play. And the communication on defense is going to be the biggest thing for me. Bringing Harden back into the fray and the rhythm of everybody and in the big moments. You, this is not something you just brush off. These are the moments that define your season. And that's the best part about the playoffs. And that's why every moment is going to mean so much. And that's why these videos are going to get 10 times better. Because I'm going to be my normal self. Overreacting my ass. Passion. Like all out. Because all these plays are legacy defining. We don't care about this Clippers-Knicks game in 20 years. We're not going to give a fuck. We're not going to remember it. Sorry, Lucas. I know you went to the game. But we're not going to remember this shit. That, those playoff moments are what we remember forever. So that's what's going to be great to see. I want to see how the Nets deal with that, with three alpha sort of personalities in terms of scoring down the stretch, what's going to happen and how successful they'll be. My bet, though, for the Nets, I think it's been incredible that throughout everything they've been able to sustain a second seed pace. No offense, I know it sounds like hating. It just shows how weak the Eastern Conference is, even though the East has gotten better. It's not as bad as when Braun was there. Sorry, not sorry, Braun sexuals. Uh, suck it that's the facts but the Eastern Conference has never been I mean never been better I think this is the best run the last two or three years that the East has had in like the this millennium um, I think there's a lot of decent teams there and I think that the Nets have loaded talent and in my opinion still we have to see how Harden comes back Is the same deal with Braun Kyrie and Durant no excuses y'all better perform and especially Kevin Durant because he has, has says the most He says the most. Here's my honest truth about the Nets, though. Give the ball to Kyrie down the stretch. Give it to Kyrie down the stretch. He has the most, he has the least fear. He has the deepest bag, if we're being honest. I know he's small, and I know sometimes he can settle for threes, but bros hit the game seven three. KD hasn't even played a game six in a final series in his life. He hasn't. Yep, he hasn't. James Harden hasn't played a, a finals game six in his life either. Kyrie's in game sevens at Oracle Arena to win the championship. He has, and from the eye test this season, clutches player on the Nets. Anyway, that's my thoughts on the Nets. By the way, and if Harden's fine, if he's dropping 30 in any game, no excuses. Y'all better win the championship, you bums. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm getting a little harsh there. But all jokes aside, Blake Griffin's on the Nets, man. And like a huge part of me, if he wins the championship, I'm gonna be so happy for him. Like I just, that's that's my guy, man. That's I love that guy to the death. Klawine Paul George until you get out of the second round, not even on Blake Griffin's planet for me. Like as a how, how much I like him. But so let's go with the the Bucks. Hey, I like the way the Bucks are playing. I like the way Giannis is playing. This is it. It's all about Giannis. Drew Holiday is gonna be huge in the playoffs. They're going to be. It's gonna be so much better than Bledsoe. Like all love to Eric Bledsoe. That's my guy. He was on the Clippers for three years and I loved him. He was a liability in the playoffs at big, in big moments. Drew Holiday is going to be awesome. We've seen him beat a great Blazers, uh, not great, a good Blazers team. And we've seen him you know, compete with the Warriors, in that, a great Warriors team in 2018. And he's going to be so huge as a third player for this team. And it's all about Giannis. It's really all about how, and Budenholzer, he's got to do his part, uh, put his players in the positions to succeed. And Giannis, this is where we see, has he really gotten better? So I'm excited for the Bucks. I'm really rooting for Milwaukee, New York. I've already talked about them. It's gonna be awesome just to see them in the playoffs. And if they play this Atlanta Hawks team, who has been, in my opinion, the Hawks. If you're looking at it from their talent, they should beat the Knicks. But I think the Knicks would beat them because the defense wins out in the playoffs. And I think that the the Hawks have had a little bit more in, injuries in and out. And crazy it is to say, I'm taking Julius Randle over Trey Young in a series, man. I'm always going with Bruisers. Uh, Trey Young is gonna be watched. They're not gonna give him those bullshit calls as much in the playoffs. So I would take the Knicks. But the fact that the, the Hawks are going to make the playoffs too, all credit to Nate McMillan. He turned this whole ship around. Uh, and the, you got to give the players credit too. I mean, John Collins, Trey Young. Trey Young for sacrificing when Nate McMillan came and buying in. Uh, and Bogdanovich and Gallo have just been so good since they've come back. I like DeAndre Hunter though. I mean, he hasn't been, I don't know, I haven't heard much about him lately. And you can't forget Capella. He's had a great season as well. Miami, topsy, topsy-turvy season. I don't know if they're going to make it past the second round this year. But I, would, I just think that they need to avoid the Bucks. They need to do whatever they can. Right now, they have the same record as the Hawks, but they sit in the sixth spot. They need to try to get the Knicks or the Hawks in the first round because they should beat either of those two teams. But the, the bucks that's going to be a whole different battle. I'm not saying they can't do it either. I still trust Jimmy Butler, but I don't know about the other guys on the Heat. I don't know about Goron and Tyler Hero this season and Duncan. They weren't playing like the bubble. Celtics in the playing game, my goodness. They've just been all over the place. Honestly, I think they're probably a first round exit. Um, I'd be Oh yeah, if they're playing the Nets, they're done. And I honestly hope they lose. Because ah no, I'd hope the Celtics win. But it would be great if they lost because they have just been in my opinion, they've had a lot of bad luck. A lot of bad luck. But way too lax this season. Wait the players, the coaches. Uh, The management in the offseason. Like, Danny, he's been amazing. Like, people criticizing Danny Ainge are being ridiculous. But in my opinion, he didn't do enough to to replace Hayward. That being said, Kemba Walker is not the same anymore. He's good. He's a good player. He's not the same anymore, and I I still stand by what I said. They need to move on in the playoffs. He had, in the 2020 season, regular season before the pandemic, he was awesome. He was a great signing, and he was one of the best point guards in the league. He was the best point guard in the East. At the t- in 2020, he was. But that injury, he's just not the same. He's still very good. He's not an all-star anymore, in my opinion. And I think they got to move on from him. And I don't think he does anything differently than they already have. I think they need either more of a playmaking point guard or a better defensive point guard. Uh, Jalen Brown has been good Jason Tatum has been great But I don't think that They have they have led by example enough And that's fine Because they're young It happens But it just shows That they have a ways to go Before they're leading teams To championships They need to Get a better bench also They need a better bench But they've had so many guys out And also Too much Like being cautious With injuries for the Celtics Like they're not Going to build Any chemistry like that They just are one of the many teams That have been kept Cautious with injuries uh, and they've load managed Kemba all year with that shot. Okay, that's fine, but it's been you know hurting them with Marcus Smart out and everything. So we'll see what happens with the C's. Uh, Charlotte in that playing game, that's awesome. But I think that Washington is going to win whoever they play. I think Westbrook is on a mission right now, and Beal can match Tatum and Jalen Brown in the scoring department. All day long, And right now, the way Westbrook's playing, he's going to pass Oscar Robertson next game, so we're not going to have a live for it. So I'm just going to say right now, I cannot believe this day has come that Russell Westbrook is going to pass the great Oscar Robertson in triple-doubles, that anybody could have done it in the modern NBA. Little did I know when I said that I didn't think anybody could ever do it again. I said this in like 2015, 2010, 2012. Little did I know what my favorite league would become, a glorified three-point shootout. But Russell Westbrook... My God, you got to give him credit, man, because I think he's done it. in I don't know if he's done it in less games than the big O, but, and you can say what you want. I mean, triple doubles didn't even exist back then. They, they weren't a term, you know, that wasn't a thing. It was just, oh, you got triple digits in, in, or double digits in three categories. Russell Westbrook, though, has become a Mr. Triple Double, the Mr. Triple Double of our generation. He's I've rooted for him since UCLA I've met him his rookie year at UCLA camp. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for such a long period of time. After LeBron, probably I'd say my most consistently favorite for such a long period of time. I liked him more than Chris Paul before we got Chris Paul. I liked him more than Derrick Rose. Uh, Always liked him more than Derrick Rose. Always liked him more than Steve Nash. Always liked him more than Curry. I always liked him more than Dame. I always rooted for Russ. Like, I'd always defend him in the KD-Russ stuff. And I always remember those conversations growing up about Russ and KD and how Russ hurts the team. And I always used to – I took a lot of satisfaction in the 2013 playoffs when, when he tore his meniscus and the, they went out in the second round because they'd they be hating on Russ, man. And he gives, so much to, uh, he gives so much heart and he gives so much of himself to the game. And I'm so happy for him. He may not be that championship guy. He may have his flaws, but he's all heart. He, he doesn't bitch. He doesn't complain. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't have a sellout way of winning. And he gives it his all. So that's all i got to say about the East. The West, I've made my comment. My notion's clear. Let's see what happens with the Lakers if they finish that plan. I still favor them over everybody. Uh, The Pelicans, I don't know if they're going to make it. If they don't, look, Zion's got to get better at defense. They've got to get a better supporting cast around them, more spacing. Eric Bledsoe just doesn't fit, doesn't make sense. Uh, Steven Adams with Zion doesn't really make too much sense either. And, yeah, other than that, still, still though, Zion's not good enough in defense, and they can't close. That's everyone's fault. Um, Luca's playing really good basketball. Jokic is playing really good basketball. They're going to be tough to play in the playoffs, so I hope they play each other. I really want to play Portland and see the Lakers in the plan. I really want to see that, which would mean we get the Lakers in the second round, which would be terrible. Ugh. All right, that's it for me tonight, guys. Sorry, because I've gone... 14 minutes overboard with the with the Spotify guys. I'm sorry to the Spotify guys. I'm talking your ear off here. But last recap of the season, I think Recap85 deserves it. I really appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart for putting up with, with me and my lives and my emotions and my overreactions and all of that uh, all season long and being so supportive. Um, I love the game. You know how much it pains me, as I say, to see what this league has become. Mind you, like I all that enthusiasm I showed tonight, like, about the game, like that exists, but my comments don't change. Like I really do hate the NBA right now, but I still do enjoy it at times, and I do enjoy playoff basketball. And I'm so excited to give you guys my first ever playoffs after watching the league uh, a whole season. It, it's been tough. Some games, sometimes it's felt more of a chore than than me actually having fun with it. But I just want to give you guys the best commentary that that and most accurate unbiased analysis that you can get anywhere else, that you can't get on first take, that you can't get on undisputed of a guy that's really watching the games and really cares about the intangibles that go beyond the stat sheet because this game is so much bigger than than points and rebounds and assists and field goal percentage. So much bigger. And trends in a season matter. And things change over the course of a season. And there are so many casual narratives out there. And I just want to be able to just tell these fucking Gen Z cucks, man, and these media that, like, just to know more than them because that's just the competitiveness in me in ways that, like, I just want to know what's going on, man. That's it for me tonight, guys. That's it for me for this regular season. Probably the last season I'll have a league pass, but Clipper, Lakers, and Celtics fans, fear not. I'll always be able to do, depending on what happens with the Clippers in the playoffs, I'll always be able to talk about you guys unless they bring a four-point line in, then I'm done. Thanks so much, and peace.